Are you a follower of Jesus Christ who's done being quiet? Are you ready to tell the world whose you are, totally, fearlessly, and unapologetically? And are you ready to smash that imaginary wall that supposedly divides your career and faith life? Welcome to the C-Suite for Christ podcast, where we talk about living as a disciple of Christ in the world of work. Before we get to the content we have in store for you today, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Christians across the U.S. are rising up and banking with their values, and they are banking with Christian Community Credit Union. A trusted institution for over 65 years, Christian Community Credit Union is America's leader in biblical banking solutions. With low-cost auto loans, mortgages, personal loans, as well as products to help grow your money that include high-interest checking, savings, CDs, and so much more. The money you entrust with Christian Community Credit Union enables them to provide affordable financing to help churches and ministries grow. And with their new Cash Rewards Visa card, earn cash back while supporting Christian charities. It's time to bank with your values. Join Christian Community Credit Union today. Learn more at mycccu.com slash c-suite. That's mycccu.com slash c-suite membership eligibility required join other christian executives in running your business based on christian values to learn more visit the nehgroups.com Well, hey there. Thank you for stopping by today's episode of the C-Suite for Christ podcast. It is an absolute blessing to have you join us. My name is Paul M. Newberger. I'm the founder of the C-Suite for Christ ministry and very appreciative of your time here today. We got a doozy of a show. Our guest of honor today is a gentleman by the name of Nick Napachik. Uh, He is a member of C-Suite for Christ, somebody who's just on fire for the Lord and also very unapologetically bringing Christ into his organization. So you're not going to want to miss that interview coming up here in a little bit. We got some uh, breaking news. I wish I had like a typewriter sound effect, you know. That sounded pretty good, didn't it? Maybe not that last part. I'm trying to make the sound of like the piece of paper coming out of the typewriter. But some uh, breaking news here revolving around This here program, the C-Suite for Christ podcast, we are now in 76 countries all over the world. Praise God. Isn't that amazing? 76 countries. Well, according to Google, there's 197 countries on Earth in existence. So if if we're in 76, if we've got subscribers in 76 countries all over the world, that means we're in 38.6% of all countries on the planet. Absolutely outstanding. I say that not to brag. I say that not to say, hey, look at us and how great we're doing. I say it really for three reasons. One, there is this intense thirst for Christ all over the world. There's just not a lot of bold, unapologetic Christian podcasts. There's some. There's not a lot. 
So we're trying to fill that void. Number two, our motto, the basically the slogan that we stand on as a ministry is to cover the world in Christ. That is 100% totally rooted in the Great Commission. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he told his followers to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Not if you feel like it, not if you got nothing better to do. And that still rings true today. Notice our slogan, cover the world in Christ. It's not cover your state in Christ, cover your block in Christ, cover your house in Christ, as important as those things are. But if we're going to cover the world in Christ, we need to reach a global audience. And we've got subscribers in 76 countries and counting. So we're moving in the right direction there. But I'd say last but not least, we don't do political correctness here at C-Suite for Christ. We have a 100% biblical worldview. And I think, again, back to my first point about there being a thirst for Christ. There's a thirst for Christ, generally speaking, but not a Christ that conforms to culture. Christ doesn't need to conform to culture. Culture needs to conform to Christ. Now, we're not a political organization, but we're going to talk about politics. We're an organization that doesn't want to pick a fight with secular society, but we're going to talk about secular society. And I think that's one of the really nice things about this C-Suite for Christ podcast is, again, you've got episodes out there, programs out there, hosts out there, all doing amazing things. We're all on Team Christ. But far too many of these programs, these shows, these episodes, these hosts, other than the C-Suite for Christ podcast, I believe, preach and practice what I call comfortable Christianity. They don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to stir the pot. They don't want to take you outside of your comfort zone. Well, if you're doing comfortable Christianity, you're doing Christianity all wrong. Nothing about Christianity is supposed to be comfortable. We're supposed to be persecuted. We're supposed to be mocked. We're supposed to be ignored. We're supposed to face very strong headwinds. We're supposed to be in a lot of storms. And it's not just me saying that. Look in Scripture. Look what happened to Jesus. Well, if we're going to be person, do you think practicing comfortable Christianity is going to keep you safe? Well, if I don't rock the boat, people are going to leave me alone. Well, if I don't offend anybody, people aren't going to take away my rights. Well, if I don't stir the pot or go outside of my comfort zone, everybody's going to have a go along to get along mentality. Hardly. They're still going to want to silence you. They're still going to want to say, and this is already happening. Not only is there political correctness and cancel culture on social media, look what's happening in the schools, especially the public schools. There's there's laws that are being passed, most notably in California. Again, you know how the political makeup of a state like California is, where there's laws being passed that teachers are not supposed to talk to the parents of the students that are going through this gender confusion nonsense. Well, wait a minute. I'm going along to get along. Wait a minute. I'm keeping Christ in the confines of my home. Wait a minute. We're only praying and talking about Christ and standing on Christ behind closed doors. I thought you were going to leave me alone. No, because now these some of these politicians and states are labeling you as Christian parents intolerant, racist, bigot. It's it's child abuse that you won't let your six year old daughter trans you know transfer into being a boy. It's nuts. So if we're going to be persecuted anyway, if we're going to be canceled anyway, if we're going to be ridiculed anyway, and if people are going to attack us anyway, why not go out 
guns blazing, metaphorically speaking. I'm not talking about literally using guns, but why don't we go out with nothing left in the tank? If I'm going to be persecuted anyway, I'm going to be bold. If I'm going to be persecuted anyway, I'm going to be unapologetic. If I'm going to be persecuted anyway, I'm going to go down swinging. And I'm going to talk about Jesus Christ to every single person and share the good news with all of creation. Thankfully, that mentality is catching on. That mentality is hitting a lot of ears. And we've got a very receptive audience again, which is why the C-Suite for Christ podcast is now in 76 countries. So to you, the listener, thank you. Thank you for making this podcast so popular. Thank you for your ongoing support. Thank you for your prayer. But baby, we're just getting started. So (laughs) we need your continued prayers, your continued support. If you like this episode, share it on social media, email it with a couple people. If you randomly stumbled across this again, thank you for being here. Make sure you subscribe. So you never miss a single episode, but together we're going to cover this world in Christ. I've got somebody in my life that I want to kind of introduce you to. I'm not going to tell you much about this person in terms of who this individual is, what their name is, how I met this individual, any kind of description about this person. And you're going to see why in a couple minutes, because what I'm about to talk about is not very flattering for this person. And uh, I'm going to keep this individual anonymous. But this is a person that's in my life. And as I start to describe who this person is and kind of what makes this individual unique, I have zero doubt that you're also going to recognize a person like this in your life. This individual is somebody that talks a very, very good game. But when push comes to shove, this individual just totally disappears. I'll give you a couple of examples. So this is somebody that has a relationship with me that go, at least historically for a period of time, has gone to some of the events that I've been associated with. And this person, lately anyway, has made it a habit of signing up, made it a habit of saying, I'm going to be there, made it a habit of sending me an email. Hey, Paul, can't wait to see you. It's going to be a great time. And then that person doesn't show. Once might be an anomaly, twice might be a coincidence, but by the time you start getting to three times, you're picking up a pattern here. For this individual, it's been a lot more than three times. I'd say going on six or seven in a row. Hey, I'll be there. No show. Hey, I'll be there. Day of cancellation. Hey, I'll be there. No show, no cancellation, no email explanation, nothing. Somebody who talks a good game, somebody who says, this is what I'm going to do, but then does not follow through. Now, again, this is why they talk about, you know, it is easy to talk. It is easy to open your mouth. It is easy to commit to something. It is easy to to share some information. It is easy to say you're going to go somewhere, do something, be a part of something. But it is really hard in some instances to back that up with action. This is part of the reason why we as a society overcommit. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll be there. Sure, I'll volunteer for that. Yep, I'll give you money for here. Boom. It's easy To talk a good game, it's easy to have these promises escape your lips. But what is gosh darn hard is to put your money where your mouth is and to actually follow through. Do you know somebody like this in your life? Somebody who talks, 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 talks. I'll be there. I'll do this. I'll go there. You can count on me. And then nothing. I wish, with respect to this person that I'm talking about, it stopped there. But number one of these events, committing to events, and then for whatever reason, not showing up. Another one, 
based on what this individual does, based on how this individual makes money, based on the skill set that this individual has, I've been approached by this individual on a number of occasions to do a professional collaboration. I wear a lot of hats on this gigantic head of mine. And when I say gigantic head, I don't mean that I'm narcissistic. I, I basically just mean physically I got a really, really big head. It's hard for me to wear some hats. That's why I'm always wearing hats because when I find one, I never take it off just in case my head gets a little bit bigger and that one won't fit. But I wear a lot of hats on this head. So I'm an international keynote speaker. I'm a sales trainer. I run the C-Suite for Christ ministry. I'm involved in a couple of other things. There is one particular skill set that I had that this individual in question wanted to be associated with. This individual thought, hey, if I take what I'm good at and I combine that with what Paul's good at, wow, this might be a really unique collaboration this person for 18 months maybe even closer to two years i got a really great idea for a collaboration we should talk about it oh based on you know how we're going to lock out the competition it's going to be really good for us personally it's going to be really good for us professionally i must have had three conversations with this person over the course of two years and to this person's credit what they articulated made sense i liked it i wouldn't have continued down this path if i didn't but every time push came to shove and this person had to deliver, they didn't. They always had an excuse. Ah, sorry, man. I've just been really busy. Ah, sorry, man. You know, uh, been sick the last month or two. Ah, you know, sorry, man. I'm waiting for some of the other pieces to fall into place. Again, this conversation started two years ago. There's been no action on this collaboration. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. It's so easy to share a dream with somebody. It's so easy to share a vision with somebody. It's so easy to throw ideas out there with somebody. It's so easy to say, hey, if you do this and I do this and we do this and we, we kind of put our forces together, man, this thing could be awesome. It is tough to actually do it, to put your money where your mouth is, to make those calls, to make the arrangements, to take that first step, to go outside of your comfort zone and to start these put these pieces in place. It is tough. And this person hasn't done anything with this over the course of two years. Boy, I wish it was these two buckets and that's it. But there's one more, if you can believe it. There is still one more bucket. And what I mean by that, and it's kind of tough to, to, to tell you this story without going into the specifics. So I'm really watching my words really carefully here because I don't want to give it away. I don't want to uh, give out any thoughts in, in terms of who this person is but the other one again i despite what i'm saying about this individual right now i love this person this person is talented this person is smart this person is successful so i've wanted to keep this person around with me for a period of time and in one of those ways this person served on an advisory board with me again i have many companies i have many endeavors i've got dozens of advisory boards all over the place but th this person served on one of them. And again, the same thing would, would sort of happen. You would see kind of a hybrid of what I discussed earlier. Yeah, I'll be there at the meeting. N no show. Yeah, I'll be there at the meeting. Last second. Or oh, just realized I can't do this. In addition to that, if you're sitting on one of the advisory boards of one of my organizations, we're not just sitting there to pad our resumes. We're not just sitting there to wax poetic. We're actually rolling up our sleeves and, and trying to get a lot of stuff done. A lot of stuff would come out of these advisory board meetings. So, Paul, you're going to do this. 
this lady's going to do this. These two guys are going to do this. The person in question, you're going to do this. We'd come back in the next quarter or whatever from the advisory board meeting. Guess who's the one person that didn't make any progress on their side? This person in question. It's gotten to the point, again, I still love this person, but honestly, I, I don't really want anything to do with this person because I can't depend on this individual. I Their words are hollow. I'll do that. Means it's not going to happen. I'll be there means I can't count on you. Oh, I'd be happy to take that on means we're not going to make any progress. Hey, I got an idea for a collaboration opportunity means I'm going to be in the same exact spot six months from now that I am now. I don't want to keep wasting my time. I don't want to keep wasting my emotions. I don't want to keep wasting my precious brain power on an individual that is not going to follow through on what they say. This person has failed me time and time and time and time again. This person's words have failed me time and time and time and time again. I can't trust what this person says time and time and time and time again. Can you relate to this? Now, I'm not saying I'm Mr. Perfect. Hardly. I've had to cancel appointments. I've taken on more than I can follow up on. I've had some last minute scratches. I've been a no-show a couple of times. I'm not perfect, and I'm not saying anybody should be perfect because it's impossible to be perfect. But you would think you would hit the ball on the sweet spot of the bat at least once you would think you would come through at least once again i'm not perfect but i've come through and i think i've come through on a fairly regular basis this person is not so we're moving on i'll be there nope i got this great idea for a partnership nope hey i can be one of your your the people in your brain trust nope these words have failed this person has failed this rhetoric has failed over and over again, and it's left me quite, I mean, I'm, I'm devoting a show to this person. It's left me a little bitter. It's left me a little angry. It's left me a little sketchy of this person moving forward. And I would say it, it has really hurt a relationship that had the promise to be a really, really good one if this person would have followed through. When we put our trust in people, we are always going to be disappointed. Always. That doesn't mean that you're going to experience somebody that is so, that is, you know, historically bad or that has a horrible track record like the person that I'm describing. But we're in political season here, right? You've got people running for the president of the United States. You've got other people that are running for Senate, the House, you know, national elections, local elections. I'm going to put all my trust in this politician. This politician is going to make life so much better until they don't. Because they're a human. They're going to break promises. They're going to say one thing and then they realize, whoa, this is a totally different universe than I was expecting. And they're going to leave you disappointed. Your bosses are going to leave you disappointed. Your spouse is going to leave you disappointed. Your community is going to leave you disappointed. Your coworkers are going to leave you disappointed. If you're putting your faith in Paul M. Newberger, boy, I'm going to leave you disappointed. It's so easy to put your faith in the people around you. One, we're loving, caring, trusting people. Two, we're... we're in the middle, in the mix with all these people on a regular basis. We're seeing them often. We're talking with them often. You know, we want to believe the 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 the, the better angels of humanity, if you will. And then they let us down. Their actions fail us. Their words fail us. Their ability to follow through 
fails us. God will never, ever, ever fail us. And this comes straight out of straight out of Scripture. You look at Luke chapter 1, verse 37, according to the New International Version, for no word from God, for no word from God will ever fail. Short, sweet, succinct, to the point. All the things that I'm not. Luke chapter 1, verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. Nothing. You can take it to the bank. You can put it in the vault. You can build your entire life around the word of God, and he will never, ever fail you. Let's talk about a couple of things about this here. Number one, do you know the words that God has spoken? Do you know the promises that he's made for your life? Do you know what God says about your life and your future and your circumstances and what you can expect moving forward? And if the answer is no, how could I possibly know that? You need to dust off God's instruction manual to all of humanity. You need to dust off God's love letter to the church, which is your Bible. Everything you need to know is in the Bible. Now, there's one, this is where faith is involved. The Bible doesn't tell us all that there is to know, but the Bible does tell us all that we need to know. You can just start quoting scripture left and right. Again, God might not say, hey, Paul, this is what's going to happen to you on this Thursday afternoon. I mean, it, it doesn't work that way. But as it says in scripture, God has plans for us. God's plans are to give us hope and a future. God's plans are not to harm us. Just knowing that, that's a promise that God has given to you. That's a promise that God has given to me. So when you're sitting there, and again, this is all cyclical. This does happen. We're humans, and we're living in a broken, busted, sinful world. You're going to have peaks, and you're going to have valleys. You're going to have joy, and you're going to have despair. You're going to have amazing happiness, and you're going to have some really rough, stormy seasons. God does not promise us an easy life. If you're sitting here going, wait a minute. I'm a believer. I spend time in the word. I pray. I cultivate, a, I cultivate an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Yet it just seems like my world is falling down all around me. Maybe this God thing is not legit. Maybe there's an issue here. Remember, God does not promise you an easy life. In fact, as a Christian, the argument could be made that we should expect a tough life, a difficult life, a challenging life, a problematic life, a heavy life. But God does promise that he's going to be there with us every step of the way. But God does promise that he's never going to let us fail. But God does promise that as long as we finish the race, as long as we keep the faith, as long as we keep doing what he asks us to do, that big light at the end of the tunnel, that light of eternity, that light of salvation, that light of us spending, again, eternity in our real home, heaven, is there, is something that we can look forward to. Again, back to the example that I gave. Yes, people are going to disappoint you. I'm not saying don't ever trust anybody ever again. That would be stupid. 
You should trust your spouse. You should trust your boss. You should trust your associates at work. You should trust the individuals in your community. Just don't put all of your trust there. Put your trust there, but not all of your trust there. Because where you need to reserve the overwhelming amount of your trust is in your Heavenly Father, is in Jesus Christ. Because that is one entity that will never, ever, ever, ever fail you. Life will be challenging. Yep. Life will be stressful. Yep. There's going to be some, maybe some financial challenges, some health challenges, some personal challenges, some sleepless nights. Plans that you have for yourself that just don't come to fruition. But what did God tell us in Scripture? God tells us that you are made in his image. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You were created on purpose for a purpose. That's not going to change if you can't balance your checkbook. That's not going to change if your spouse leaves you. That's not going to change if you get fired from a job. That's not going to change if you get a negative health diagnosis. He will always, always, always love you, even when you're like the prodigal son, even when you take off for a while. Ah, forget this God stuff. Forget this Christ stuff. I'm going to stop going to church. I'm going to stop praying. I'm going to stop reading the Bible. I'm going to indulge the lusts of the flesh. I'm going to partake in sin, and I'm not going to apologize for it. The prodigal son. God's still going to love you in the middle of your sin. God's still going to love you in the middle of your journey. God's still going to love you when you're wandering the desert. That will never, ever change. You can never go so far from God that he can't find you again. And you could try. You can spend a year in the figurative wilderness, a year giving up on God, a year not talking to God, a year trying to commit every single sin possible in an effort to try to distance yourself from God further and further. No matter how great that distance He still loves you. He still cares about you. You were still fearfully and wonderfully made. You were created on purpose for a purpose, although he's probably disappointed in the behavior. The love for you has never changed. Take that to the bank. As I said earlier, God has plans for us. Now, we don't know what those plans necessarily are, and this is where some of that anxiety comes in. Should I ask her out or not? Should I start this business? or not? Should I take this risk or not? We don't know what our, we don't know what the outcome is going to be. And that fills us with anxiety. We don't know if something's going to work or not. And that fills us with trepidation. We don't know if we're going to be successful in whatever we want to do. And that fills our minds with doubt, but whatever we decide to do and whatever tomorrow holds, God holds it in his hand. He's already got plans for you. And the question becomes, oh, my gosh, what plans? Plans to ruin me? Plans to kill me? Plans to make me, you know, a horrible, rotten mess? No. Not only does he have plans for you, those plans are to give you hope, a future, and to ensure that no harm comes to you. You can rest in these promises. You can rest in the fact that God loves you no matter what happens on earth. You can rest in the fact that God has a plan for you no matter what is going on around you. You can rest in the fact 
that those plans that God has is to give you hope, to make your future bright, and is not to bring any harm onto you. Oh, he's not going to bring any harm to me. I was just diagnosed with cancer. What are you talking about? He's not going to bring any harm to me. My wife just left me. My world has fallen apart. What are you talking about? Sometimes, and I've experienced this in my own life, sometimes God has to bring us down to our knees. So the only place we can look is up. Once you hit that rock bottom, the only place to look is up. And it's at that point where you realize God has been with me every single step of the way. Unlike some of these people that are not trustworthy, unlike some of these people that talk a good game but don't follow through, God has always been there. He will always be there. God has never left you. In a world where people fail you, in a world where politicians fail you, in a world where organizations fail you, in a world where even those voices in your head will fail you, the one entity that will never fail you, no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you try to prove this is incorrect, no matter the distance that you build in between, God will never, ever, ever fail you. And that's what you should build your life on. That's the firm foundation upon which you should stand. That's what you should take to the bank. And at the end of the day, that's where you need to put all of your trust. Because as people come and go, jobs come and go, health comes and goes, politicians comes and goes, different trends in society come and go, God will never, ever go. Luke chapter 1, verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. Know the word, meditate on the word, cherish the word, live the word. When I got the word from Tom Feldhusen about six years ago that he thought he could bring value to my business endeavors, obviously I was a little skeptical. I've heard this before. I've heard the song and dance before. I've met with other executive advisors. What the heck makes Tom Feldhusen so different? But in my life, working with him, seeing was believing. In addition to being just a world-class human being, somebody with a really good business head on his shoulders, I saw pretty quickly that Tom's most unique skill set was causing me the most pain out there, my people. Did I have the right people? Are they in the right positions? Am I meeting my people where they're at? Man, I've had some really, really talented people work for me, but I could never get a lot out of them. And I'm thinking, man, what is this person's problem? Turns out I had to look in the mirror, and Tom Feldhusen helped bring that into my consciousness. I wasn't meeting them where they're at. I wasn't talking to them at the level that they needed. The, their love language was not what I was giving them. Tom Feldhusen has quickly become my biggest business secret weapon. And he can certainly be yours, too. So if you want to make sure, hey, do I have the right people? Are they in the right seats? How do I find the right people as my organization continues to grow? You need to call Tom Feldhusen, executive advisor, today. He's at 262-305-2502.
Don't go away. We're going to be right back after a short break with our guest of honor, Nick Napacek. Need a trade show display? A lobby renovation? Heck, how about help with an event that you're hosting? Captivate Exhibits can do it all. Plus, they're an outspoken faith-based organization that puts Christ first in all that they do. Ready to captivate the attention of the masses? Then check them out today at CaptivateExhibits.com. That's CaptivateExhibits.com. And welcome back, everybody. Getting very excited because we're just about 60 seconds or so removed from our guest of honor here today. And before we bring Nick on, one of the things that I just want to put on your radar here, I don't know if you fall into this category. I know a lot of people do. But again, the point of this podcast, it's it's not to necessarily do anything other than to convict. If we're doing our job correctly, our content should convict you. If we're talking about the right stuff, our themes should convict you. Our guests should convict you. Basically, if you're doing a comfortable Christianity, you're doing it wrong. Because Christianity, when done properly, is not supposed to be comfortable. We're supposed to be persecuted for our beliefs. That ain't comfortable. We're supposed to cover the world in Christ and bring Christ to people that might not be ready to receive that information. That ain't comfortable. So I just want to get you out of your little bubble if you happen to be in that. We we can't be comfortable Christians. We can't be complacent Christians. We, we can't be anything other than Christians that are having our sleeves rolled up and we're in the arena. So here's my question for you before we bring on Nick. I think I know the answer, but I want to ask this question anyway. Are you happy with the state of society today? When you open the newspaper, when you turn on your phone, when, when you turn on the news, are, are you just going, woohoo, I love all of this, man. God is on the move. I can see society turning to him. And if you're like me, the answer is no. In fact, it's the exact opposite. But how is this world going to get any better? How are we going to turn things around if we're not willing to be bold and unapologetic for him? And one of the best ways to do that is to honor the Great Commission, and that's what the C-Suite for Christ ministry is all about. So if you want some encouragement, if you want someone to pray for you, someone to disciple you, someone to witness to you, and also vice versa, we we ask that you humbly consider joining this ministry that already has thousands of members all over the world. To learn more, go to our website, csuiteforchrist.com. One person, although he'll be the first to admit that he's not perfect, uh, who is really working hard to cover the world in Christ, going outside of his comfort zone and trying to bring as many people with him as possible, is our guest today, Nick Napacek, and he's joining us here on the podcast. Brother Nick, how are you, sir? Hey, Paul, I'm doing well. How are you today? Well, if I was any better, I'd be you. So if that gives you an idea, I suppose. Uh, Nick, people don't want to listen to me bloviate any longer. They've certainly had their fill of of my voice. So I want to turn this over to you. As you know, Nick, our um, verse today, our piece of scripture that we're discussing is Luke chapter 1, verse 37. The NIV version says this, For no word from God will ever fail. Short, sweet, to the point, everything that I'm not. So our audience is probably happy to hear this. So, Nick, with that being said, what does Luke chapter 1, verse 37 mean to you specifically? 
Well, Paul, specifically, and first off, I want to thank you for having me. Um, it's always an honor to get to speak with another brother in Christ. And quite frankly, we can't do it without everyone's attempt at fulfilling the Great Commission. So I'm certainly excited to be here. But Luke 137 has been a life first for me for many years. Um, growing up, I was a baseball player uh, for a very long time. And in my version of the Bibles that I was reading, it would always say something to the effect of, nothing is impossible with God or for nothing shall be impossible with God. And I always looked at that as is not only a testament, but also a reminder and very convicting in knowing that regardless of how hard I worked towards something, how much I wanted it, it wouldn't at all be possible without the talents and the grace that the Lord has given to me. Well, I think that uh, certainly makes a lot of sense. Let Why don't we dive a little bit deeper here with this theme of impossible? Now, again, I, I think, and in, in, again, Scripture tells us, not only Luke chapter 1, verse 37, but throughout Scripture that, hey, what is impossible with man is not impossible with God. But I, th I think for so many of us, because we're, I know we're in this world, but not of this world, but because we're in this world and we're faced with these challenges and these setbacks, and these risks and, and and all these other things. And you got people in your ear. Well, that's a stupid idea. That can't be done. That's impossible. Although we read Luke chapter one, verse 37, I don't think a lot of a lot of us embody Luke chapter one, verse 37. So so Nick, why is it so difficult to truly believe what scripture tells us in this verse? Why is it so challenging for us to realize God'll never fail and things are always possible with God? I think in our society right now, Paul, it's it's very evident that everybody who is not a God-fearing, Christ-following believer, there are a lot of folks out there that want to stray or have you stray from the path and saying, well, how can you believe in something that you can't see? Guess what? I call that my faith. Well, how is it going to be a situation where where's your God when uh, you know financial stressors hit? Or where's your God when your health fails? My God is always with me. He's always carrying me. I will bring everything to the table. I will put all of my good fortune and all my bad times and lay them down at his feet, knowing that he has a plan for me. My plan, my time is not God's plan and God's time always, they don't always coincide. And so for me, when I look at nothing shall be impossible with God, it was lived. It was breathed. It was given to us years and years ago, and it is still more applicable today than it ever has been. And because of that, how could we possibly as human beings think that we know better than God? We can out, out witness the creator. We can shy away from what the Lord has put on us in our hearts in this world to say, you know what, God, I've got this. You can step back. No, no, no. It needs to be, hey, Nick, you need to look inside and you need to realize God has this. He has a plan for you because it's not who you are as Nick Napacek. It's about whose you are as a child of God. Yeah, very well said. Now, one of the things, you know, again, and I think you've experienced this, Nick, on your side again, because you're bold for Christ. You're unapologetic for Christ. Uh, I know you've included Christ into your organization. There's a lot of good that comes with doing something like that, but there's also some potential challenges. Now, again, if it was easy, everybody would do it. So I'm not saying that you should avoid it for this reason. 
But the C-Suite for Christ ministry, well over 100,000 followers on LinkedIn. We get millions of eyes on our posts every single month. And, you know, again, with that many eyes, with that many people absorbing your content, there come some critics. And, and, and one of the things that I could see somebody saying, again, you, you, you don't take the beating that I do every single day without being able to be pretty good at playing devil's advocate. So l- let's say somebody heard this podcast and a lot of people listen to it and somebody reaches out to you. Nick, hey, okay. good job on the show. I heard everything that you said. But but I gotta I gotta I gotta call BS on this here because you, you talk about nothing impossible with God. My father got diagnosed with cancer. I prayed for the healing. Didn't happen. He died. I'm I'm having a horrible time at the office. I'm praying for a new job opportunity. Nothing's happening. I'm getting depressed. I'm estranged from my wife. I'm trying to reconcile it. I'm praying for reconciliation. That's not happening. You say nothing's impossible with God, yet nothing is happening when I pray to God. If somebody said something like that to you, Nick, how would you respond? God answers all prayers. He is always listening. He is always there. The timing is where I think, Paul, we become a little bit distorted as human beings because we have been conditioned to believe that we have to have this instantaneous gratification. And if we don't have that, then it will never happen or it's not going to come to fruition. So to the people who are struggling with sickness, to the people that have lost jobs or have estrangements in their lives, um, of which I've had all of these things, you know, we've, we've all experienced loss, heartache, turmoil. Um, but I have found that the only way for me to physically, mentally, and spiritually get through it is to turn to the father. And when it comes down to the conviction of your faith, that's what it is. It is the conviction of faith, knowing that my Lord and savior, Jesus Christ went to the cross for me. He bled for me. He said, I take away the sin of the world. And guess what, Paul, you and I are a part of it. But even the non-believers, the folks who are suffering and struggling every day to try to find Jesus, to try to find the love of God, they're all out there as well. So to those folks that are asking those questions, it is not an easy thing to believe in something that you cannot see. But that is where our faith as strong Christian people comes into play. And for me, has always been the bedrock of my life. Now we talked earlier and you said it earlier about uh, convenient or I think it was convenient Christianity. I lived that way for a long time. I was a Christian by convenience. I was living a life growing up. I had a wonderful family. We went to church every week, but then as college years came in my young adult time as well, you know, you, you start to stray away from your faith because it's not the first thing that you think about every single day. It's how do I go out and get the first job? How do I graduate from college? How do I go and do all of these different things that I know that the world has told me I need to be able to go out and do? Well, you start living for you. And at that point, regardless of what you achieve, the circumstance, the the all of the different things that you could have in this world, once you get all of that, if you get all that, where's your satisfaction? Are you done? Are you fulfilled? Is there is there nothing left to satisfy you or to fill you up? And then at that point, you start looking around at the relative hollow existence and hollow life that you're living. And there's got to be something more. And then you start opening your Bible and you start speaking to other like-minded Christians. And you realize, boy, I just went on this journey that A, I, Nick, didn't plan, didn't foresee, didn't 
I didn't cultivate all these talents. The Lord gave them to me. Now he's bringing me back to his path. I don't want to go through the wide gate that is just accessible to everybody and is easily attained. I want to focus my my day-to-day existence on getting to the narrow gate, which is more difficult and more discerning to get to, but leads me to an eternal life with my father. Yeah, that's a, a subtle distinction, yet a very important distinction. And I appreciate you, Nick, for, for bringing that up. One of the things that I'm interested in and learning a little bit more about is really kind of how you came here to this this time and place. Uh, you've already kind of alluded to a couple of things in your past. You talked about how baseball was a big part of your life, and and, and that's kind of helped form you into who you are today. Uh, you had talked about how a lot of people go through some challenging, dark seasons. It sounds like you've had your fair share of that. So can you kind of just walk us through a little bit? I mean, how did God bring you to this time and place here because obviously you know again you've you've built a christ-centric corporate culture you are boldly and unapologetically christian you you're you're sharing the good news with as many people as god brings into your life all very admirable traits but how did you get to this point what what what, what's kind of the story behind why you're so passionate about this today absolutely so it was i want to say five years ago my wife and i had just had uh, um, our second daughter, and she was probably two at the time. And we had been trying to find the right church home for our family. And we just, we couldn't find the right fit. And after you go through so many challenges of trying to find that right fit and it doesn't work, you kind of take a step back and you think, well, is anything going to work? Then fast forward two years and, and COVID hits. And my wife and I are looking at each other and we didn't really like what our local school district was offering up as a curriculum to our children. So we said, we want to find a place where our children can grow up, be Christian women and not necessarily have to worry about what they're being taught on a daily basis. And so my wife championed and and captained the search for a Christian school in our community. And there were a number of them, but we found one and we ended up uh, enrolling both of our daughters there. And during that time, my wife and I were discussing how we could best become a part of that community. And what I mean by that is what talents did my wife and I both have as individuals or collectively that we could use to help better the community that our children were in at the school. And so my wife is a nurse by trade. And so she was able to become the substitute nurse within the school very quickly. And while I was looking at everything on the website for the school the summer before we were going to send the the girls there for the first fall, it's going through the calendar. And I ultimately always end up at the sports section because that's what I do and who I am. And I clicked on the baseball tab of the website and there was an opening for a baseball coach. And I looked at that screen and I smiled and I thought, well, if this isn't God showing me exactly how I can play a role in helping this school and this community move forward, I don't know what is. So I ended up submitting my resume, going in and speaking with the athletic director. Paul, we spoke, I want to say for two hours and for 10 minutes of that time, we talked about baseball for the rest of the time. We talked about family, faith 
our love for Jesus. And I, and I really became open and vulnerable to him. And I said, listen, we are struggling to find our church home. And he said, well, the school itself is made up of about eight different congregations. And if I can be biased, he pointed me towards his and he said, I think you should check this out. I think you would really enjoy it. And so I went and was blown away. Uh, my wife was still working uh, weekends as a nurse. So I had to go solo. I got home and I told her, I said, honey, we have to get you guys here. It is amazing. I haven't felt the Holy Spirit like this in my life in years. And the Lord was moving in that place, Paul, that July Sunday morning back in 2021 in a way that I hadn't experienced since I was a younger man. And so what turned out to be me seeking a way to serve in the community, we found our forever church home. We found our community. We found our brothers and sisters. And it was God saying, Nick, this is the plan that I have for you. While everything that has gone on in your life may have seemed impossible to get back to me and get back to a life focused on Jesus Christ, this is where this plan I have for you needed you to go so that you could be here now. So when I think of Luke 137, Paul, I think of the journey of being separated from the father to yearning to come back into the father's house to speaking with a brother in Christ to being welcomed back in to the house of the Lord. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty outstanding story. Really appreciate you sharing that. And one of the things that, that I firmly believe is I know you do Nick as well is there's no such thing as chance. There's no such thing as luck. There's no such thing as coincidence. A everything is God ordained. Sure. God gives us free will. Absolutely. But God puts thoughts in our heads. God brings people into our lives. God presents us with opportunities that um, give us that uh, the ability to live a life wholly and unapologetically for him. And I, 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 it's always nice to get confirmation, just small little things, going to a website and having a conversation with somebody kind of out of the blue, how these things can all work together uh, for his glory. One of the things that you had mentioned earlier, and it, it really kind of caught my attention, is when you had talked about the importance of not straying from the path. I think, again, logically, that makes total sense. I think people really kind of understand what that is, what that means, the importance of it. I guess now, again, this is a really broad question. I know you're not a theologian necessarily, but my question is really, Nick, how do you know when you're straying from the path? Uh, I, I've Like you, I've been through some uh, some rough seasons in my life. I've been very vocal about my really intense struggles with mental health um, over a substantial period of my life, depression, anxiety. I was suicidal for a season and up until about three years ago had a, another recurrence of, of some of these things that I was fighting. I think in hindsight, now I can go back and see, Oh, th this is why God was doing that because he was, you know, I, I was strained from the path as it were, but for somebody listening to this that says, Nick, how do I know if I'm on the path? Nick, how do I know if I'm strained from what God wants me to do? How would you answer that person? You know, that's a tough question just in and of itself because it's very high level. Um, and obviously everybody's situation is specific to them. I can only speak to to my situation, but I hope that maybe this resonates with somebody listening out there. Um, I realized very quickly that I had been straying from the path when the strongest Christian in my life called me on it, my mother. 
and basically just said, Nick, what is going on in your world? How, how, how are you able to live this life knowing and believing the things that you claim to know and believe when in reality, there's, there's something inside of you that is straying you from the path. And again, it's, it's when the enemy, in this case, Satan tries to take a foothold in your world, in your life. And so for me, it was the realization that it was not just internally that I was fighting the struggle, but externally, it was being noticed by those closest to me. So I can I can speak to my experience, but everybody's path is going to be different. Everybody has their own challenges, their own addictions. They have things that they will face every single day. But straying from the path for me was just the winding of the path, going in a different direction. But then having the love of Jesus and God's will saying, Nick, turn back, turn back. And it was incremental at, at first, Paul. It wasn't a drastic, sharp U-turn because we all have to go through different things in our lives. But for me, it was getting back onto the curvature of the path back towards the Father. And when I realized that I had strayed so far away, I physically dropped to my knees. And I just, I, I begged for the Lord to work in my life. And at that point, he did. And here we sit, you and I having this conversation. So if there is someone out there listening that is struggling with feeling like they have strayed from the path, know that regardless of circumstance or anything that you have going on in your world, conversation with the Father, and it doesn't have to be formal. Our prayer life doesn't have to be formal. You, you come to him like you're speaking to a friend or a father. Just have that conversation because your life will be changed not only now here on earth, but eternally as well. Now, I think that uh, that makes a ton of sense. And again, one of the things that I really gleaned out of Nick's story right there, and, and again, I appreciate him you know, being vulnerable and transparent, but it makes you wonder what happens if Nick's mother doesn't call him out on this? What happens if Nick's mother, as he said, using his words, the strongest Christian I know, what if she doesn't love her son enough to say, Nick, what's going on? Just your attitudes, your actions, your deeds, something is out of whack here. And I think that just really reinforces the importance of fellowship. As it says in the book of Proverbs, iron sharpens iron. Nick's mother is sharpening Nick. Nick is a better person now because of it. And because of where Nick is now, he he's touching lives and paying it forward. This is one of the primary reasons why C-Suite for Christ exists. It's okay to be associated with a networking organization. It's okay to be associated with a CEO roundtable, uh, like several organizations that exist out there. But it's completely different to do those things with Christ firmly at the center. And if you're not enjoying fellowship, if you're not hanging out with your brothers and sisters in Christ— you don't have an accountability partner, and you don't have somebody watching over the formation of your soul. So again, just another reminder of the importance of a ministry like ours. Nick, I knew this was going to happen. Boy, Hottie, time sure flies when I'm talking to you. We got about 90 seconds left. So what I'm hoping is, and you alluded to this earlier, rather than us just having a conversation at the 30,000-foot level, rather than us just kind of talking about, yeah, these are some things philosophically speaking, I'd love it if you could give our listeners 
just some really practical advice. So, so let's say somebody listening says, you know what? I want to do a better job of trusting God. I want to do a better job of just surrendering my life, putting it in his hands and trusting his timing because, again, nothing is impossible with the Father. If somebody just wanted to do a better job of trusting in and leaning on their Heavenly Father, what two or three pieces of advice would you give them in terms of where to start in about 90 seconds? Absolutely. Uh, I think the first thing, obviously, would be to understand that he has a plan for you. First and foremost, you were created in his image to do something great. What that is, only time will tell. And not our time, but God's time. So I would say, open up your eyes, your ears, and your heart to what you feel God is calling you to do. And a way that you can start understanding how God speaks to us is opening your Bible. Get into the scripture, understand that that is, to put it in a sports metaphor, that is the playbook that was written long ago for us as Christians to live by. God said, I've got it all written down here. Guys, all I need you to do is execute the plays. And if we can do that, we are going to not only live a much more pleasant, meaningful, and fulfilling life here on earth, but then, gosh, can you even imagine what heaven's going to be like? that eternal life with the father, the eternal life with Jesus. I can only, I I can't fathom it. I'm so excited for that, but I would say open up the Bible, open up your hearts, open up your minds, have your conversations with the Lord, because that is going to give you all of the guidance that you need in order to start forming what could be an, um, an unbreakable relationship with Christ. Yeah, really good stuff. Nick, before I let you go, just as a uh, baseball enthusiast, so did you see the Texas Rangers winning the World Series this year, or was that a complete surprise to you? Well, I think they lost 100-plus games two years ago, so I think it came by uh, surprise to just about everybody. But for me, as a Pittsburgh Pirates fan at heart, losing 100 games is pretty much an annual occurrence. (laughs) Well, because your Pittsburgh Pirates are in the same division as my Milwaukee Brewers, you may have seen uh, the Chicago Cubs just uh, took Craig Council from us. So we're going to be beginning a managerial search. So who knows? I hope not, but gosh forbid we'll be joining you in that 100 loss category here in the not too distant future as well. But again, uh, Nick Napacek, we really appreciate your time today, brother. And thank you for blessing our listeners with your words of wisdom. Really do appreciate it. Thank you, Paul. It was a pleasure. You bet. Don't go away, gang. We'll be back with some closing words in just a couple of seconds. Well, as we get ready to say goodbye here on another edition of the C-Suite for Christ podcast, boy, howdy, just want to say thank you to our guest today, Nick Napacek. Again, a person who just takes his faith very, very seriously, a person who has boldly and unapologetically built his life, both personally and professionally, around his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I pray that you got as much out of that conversation as I certainly did. Real quick recap, what do we discuss today? Again, a verse uh, that we built this episode around, Luke chapter 1, verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. No word. What this verse is not saying, the occasional word from God will fail, or the occasional word from God will fall short of expectations. What this verse is saying is not a single word that God has ever uttered or God has ever communicated in the Bible will ever fail will ever not live up to expectations. God will always honor his promises. 
So this is good for a couple of reasons. One, we got to stop putting all of our faith in the people around us because people, humans, are busted, broken, horrible, disgusting people, just like all of us. That doesn't mean you don't ever trust them, but you can't put all your trust in them because to sin is human. And we live in a world with original sin, so people are going to fall short of your expectations. And when you put all your hope in that, that's going to do a lot to your personal life, your professional life, your spiritual life. Number two, not only don't put all of your hope in other people, but again, it says no word from God will ever fail. Do you know God's words? Well, I get the daily verse of the day. Okay, but if it's just a couple of words every single day, that's a small snapshot of all of Scripture. Well, I listen to what my pastor says. Again, you should always listen to your pastor. You should absorb the information coming from your pastor, but that's putting your trust in man again, which is a no-no. Just because your pastor says it, just because your pastor is sharing this information, just because your pastor is leader of the church, that doesn't mean that you're going to live a life that doesn't go astray. So one, stop putting all of your faith in your fellow man. Number two, you got to understand God's word because how are you going to know what's not going to fail unless you are more intimately familiar with God's instruction manual, which is the Bible. And then lastly, and I think this is one of the most important of all. Okay, fine. I'm not putting all my trust in humans. Okay, fine. I know God's word. Fine. But what I would encourage you to do is the last step is to meditate on God's word. It's one thing to read it. It's one thing to know it. It's one thing to hear it. It is totally a different thing to meditate on it. And this is what it says to do in scripture. You're supposed to meditate on God's word day and night. That means you're always thinking about it. You're always praying about it. You're always having those words in that scripture roll around in your brain. You're always talking to other people about it. You're always kind of thinking, gosh, I really like this verse. What does it mean? What is God saying? What is trying to be communicated here? Too many Christians, they hear Scripture in one ear, and it goes out the other. That's a really great verse. What's for lunch today? And they're, they're moving on. If you want to live the life that God has planned for you, if you want to live a life of joy and happiness and one that is as high quality as you possibly can, meditate, memorize, and live. Luke chapter 1, verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. People will fail, politicians will fail, organizations will fail, society will fail, but God will never fail. So put all of your trust in God, know his word inside and out, and meditate on it daily. One of the things that I would encourage you to do on a daily basis is to check in with us at C-Suite for Christ. If you want to follow us on social media, I would encourage you to do that. We are posting every single day. But another thing to, to do today is to take that step in faith, is to go outside of your comfort zone, is to enjoy intimate fellowship with other Christian business executives who exist to help ensure that your soul is in the proper alignment with your Heavenly Father. So to do that, we'd love it if you would prayerfully consider joining our ministry. Go to our website to learn more, csuiteforchrist.com. I'm Paul M. Newberger, the founder of C Suite for Christ, and we'll see you back here next time. Thank you for joining us on the C-Suite for Christ podcast. People everywhere are thirsting for Christ. Our goal is to cover the world in Christ using hope, encouragement, and God's nourishing words. We hope you'll join us. Please visit csuiteforchrist.com 
and come back soon for more conversations centered around God's endless love for us all. I saw you in my dreams before I came here. I will keep you in my dreams when I leave here. I won't forget you, no, 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 no. I won't forget you. You're like one of a kind, and my eyes light up when I think about you. I won't forget you.